You're listening to the Busy Business Women podcast, episode 47. And today we're talking all things PR for small business with the fabulous award-winning Annette Densham. So let's get started. Hi, I'm Faye Hollands and I've been helping time-strapped women in business improve their productivity and profit for well over a decade now. And in this podcast, I want to share with you the highs and lows of growing a successful business so that you can avoid the pitfalls, fast-track your progress and build a business that booms faster. This is the Busy Businesswomen Podcast. Hey ladies, Faye Hollands here and thank you so much for joining me again and tuning in for another Packed to the Rafters episode of the Busy Business Women podcast. Today we are talking all things PR genius with the fabulous Annette Densham from the Audacious Agency who is a very successful former journo turned PR expert for micro and small businesses. So I'm super stoked she's here today. So if you're watching the video, give us a wave Annette. Hello, hello. Hello. It's like she's got a no speaking part yet. So let me do the formal introduction, then we'll get stuck in, okay? So Annette began her love affair with storytelling and words at school. And at the very tender age of 15, she started uh, her first job for a suburban newspaper and was hooked. She'd been telling stories ever since. Over the past 30 years, she's written for many well-known Australian and international newspapers and magazines, and she now uses her storytelling powers for businesses, showing them how to build a rock-solid personal brand that connects with an audience. Her inclusive way of approaching PR has won her many fabulous accolades and awards, including the 2019 Grand Stevie International Business Award and the 2018 Grand Stevie Women in Business Awards. And P.S., I just found out that in four days she's heading back over to New York for the next round of the Stevie Awards. We'll talk about that shortly. She's got an uncanny way of combining education with empowering businesses to have a go themselves or works with them dropping powerful PR breadcrumbs that over time through strategy and planning build a presence that can't be ignored. You'll find her hanging out in Facebook groups, giving her knowledge, helping others and sharing with them how to use stories for their advantage all with her first love, writing stories for many online publications. A businesswoman, a wife, mother, stand-up comedian, an avid reader, Annette, a former shy kid, wants nothing more than people to embrace their inner genius and shine in the spotlight. There's no room for small business, uh, sorry, there's no room in small business for modesty and no point being the best kept secret. How awesome is that? So without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome the wonderful Annette Densham from the Audacious Publicity Genius agency onto the podcast welcome oh my goodness Faye thank you wow that like I sound pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) you do I'm like oh my god listen to that rap it's I know I woke up this morning in a bit of a grump and I was talking to Lauren Clement who's my partner in shine with the audacious agency and she said how are you today and I went I'm a little bit cranky and she said, well, why don't you think of 10 things that you're grateful for? And I went, I don't want to. I want to be cranky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I love that. So has this cheered you up, your cranky pants up a bit? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, I sound pretty good. I think that's a really good exercise for people to do is get someone to read their bio out to them. And go. then you go, okay, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, I've done okay, right? Maybe that yeah. could be part of my business. I'll just do the introductions all day long. I quite like it. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I'm feeling a bit starstruck because I was just thinking, right, I, last week's podcast with Suze Chadwick, I started off saying, I've been stalking Suze on Instagram and Facebook. And then I realized I was about to start opening this with exactly the same line because I have been stalking you on Facebook for a while. And I'm really, really pleased that I came across you. Uh, and I'll talk about that a bit later on. Uh, and it ties in very nicely with what you do and what you do so brilliantly. So without further ado, let's get cracking because I've got a whole load of questions I want to ask you. So first of all, you started out your career as a journo. As we said, like over 30 years ago, you've written for heaps of well-known um, magazines and newspapers, which is awesome. When did you decide to break away and become your own boss? And what's that journey been like for you? And we do love the raw and real stuff here, you know, like the, the roadblocks and the challenges along the way, as well as the Stevie Award and the wonderfulness that you've been having recently? Well, I certainly have plenty of those roadblocks and challenges. So I left uh, 
I left the newspaper industry a while ago now um, and I was working in Sydney and I kind of realised that I didn't really fit in um, after an editor at a very well-known paper told me I was too gregarious for them and I looked at him and I went, are you kidding me? There are a few other words in there as well. <laughs> and so like very heartbroken because it's all I'd ever wanted to do I came back to Brisbane and I actually went and worked in disability services for four years before I had my first child, but I, I couldn't keep away. I found a, a freelance job where I worked for another well-known um, magazine, not magazine, newspaper for about seven years writing for them while I raised um, my little ones. Um, and then by the time my youngest son was ready to go back to school, um, I'd been home for 10 years, I'd been freelancing, I'd been doing a lot of other things and I went, oh, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to give a corporate a crack because I'm sure they'll love me. So I, I got some great jobs and then my last one, which was in 2013, um, I was headhunted, which was a really nice boost for the ego, I yeah. must say. And within 12 months, I was then retrenched. Oh. So I went from hero to zero in 12 months and at 43, and the Queensland State Government had just wiped out the public service. It was like 12 to 14,000, some astronomical amount of people let go along with me. And I found myself without a job. At 43, I kind of thought that, like, there was no way anyone was going to employ me. Like, I'd been out of work for so long raising children whether my, you know, credentials were up to date or whatever. So I actually sulked for about six months and I, oh, I mean sulked, <laughs> I sulked and I did a, a few bits, like some really menial, you know, jobs that I just felt that was all I was worth. And one day a friend said to me, I'm going to this weekend um, seminar with this guy teaches people how to do um, use webinars to grow their business. You should come with me. And I'm like, uh, do I have to? And she's like, yeah, come on, you've got to get out of the house. You've, you've been hiding away for too long. So I went along and this guy stood on stage and he went, you know, every single person in this room is an expert. And I've like one half of my cynical journo brain's going, yeah, how much money do you want from me? And the other side of my brain went, well, actually, I've got skills. I, there is stuff that I can do that nobody else, well, no one in this room can do. So you had to put your hand up and say what your expertise is was. So I went, you know, I'm an ex-journalist and I've worked in corporate comms and, you know, I know how to write media releases and do this. And so he said, you know, come up on stage. So here's me with 12 other people and you had to pitch your webinar idea to the, the audience, which was about 100, 100 people, and then they cheered for the one they liked the most. So, you know, I went, well, I can show you how to get, you know, thousands of dollars of free publicity um, without having to hire a PR agent. And the other guy who was running the workshop was at the back, and he's, I just I remember seeing his head go, oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> And I've like got look, and I'm thinking, how can you not know how to write a media release? It's really not that hard. Um, and that's when I first uncovered unconscious competence mm. because everyone in the room cheered. I felt like a rock star. So I did did this webinar live in front of a hundred people. This is someone who'd been hiding for six months, and. I felt I was going to die, did my webinar, which was, I can't even remember what it was called, I had to get millions of dollars in publicity and made $5,000 that weekend, yes. which was really cool because I'd almost run out of my redundancy payout and my business was launched. So oh, I started, wow. I know, it was kind of like it was, I had not expected it, I had not thought about it, I had not planned for it. You weren't I even going even, for the event. <laughs> yeah, I was just going because... My friend said you should come and it's free. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, to, uh, and I will say that that day I did get a, a $76 parking ticket. <laughs> so that $5,000 came in handy. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the one thing that I didn't get was, you know, I got this framework of here's a done 
DIY PR program that you can sell. I just really had no other skills. So mm. I thought, I don't know how to market this. I don't know how to run it. I don't know how to put it online. I don't know how to do all of these things. Yeah. So I kind of fell into the practitioner mode of business, which is I'll do it for you. Um, and there's, so there's been a lot of lessons along the way. I learned that for a PR person, I'm a really shit business person. Um, you know, I'm not very good with admin. Um, I get so immersed in what I'm doing. I sometimes forget to tell people what I'm doing. Um, you know, doing the finances was like it hurts my head. Mm-hmm. Um, systems and processes are like, really? That's pesky and annoying. But over the past six years, because I'm now in my sixth year, I've learned that I don't have to be everything to everybody. And um, asking for help is like a really, really good solution if you want to have longevity in business and you don't want to turn into a crazy person. But along the way, you know, I've, I've had health challenges. I've got an autoimmune disease, which can be really challenging. I have a young son with autism whose journey through school has not been stellar and, you know, all of those other things that go on. So I've certainly learnt that I'm probably more tenacious than what I ever believed that I could be, that all those times that I went, bugger this, I'm going to go get a job at Target. Um, I'm glad that I, I stuck in with it because it, it's, you know, it's a roller coaster like this and, yeah. you know, the, the more you ask for help, the more that you reach out, you know, get a mentor, get a coach, you know, uh, and, and, and continually learn, the bumps get a little bit smaller. Like they're still there and they're still irksome, but yeah. it gets a little bit easier. Oh, my God, I've just realised in this one answer I could just ditch everything else I was going to ask you and spend the whole podcast on your answer because there's just so much in there. I'm very excited that you're here. So first of all, like kudos to you, turn up to this thing that you weren't even going to go to. Then one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the fact that you're a comedian and I'm sure lots of people would be like, wow, you get on stage, you fight through that fear. And when you talked about getting on that stage and doing that pitch, Clearly, you are someone who can push themselves out of their comfort zone. Uh, did you feel the fear and just do it anyway at that point, or was that a comfortable experience for you? Oh, it was incredibly uncomfortable. It was terrifying, and I've, you know, like, I, I used to be a shy kid. Um, you know, I learnt to be an extrovert as I've gone through the challenges in my life because I realised that, you know, sitting back and not saying anything anything was not going to, you know, help me move forward. So I've, I've always looked at that comfort zone and gone, all right, I'm just going to do it anyway because yeah. what's the worst thing that can happen? Maybe I make a fool of myself. But you know what? That won't be the first or the last time. <laughs> so getting up on that stage to do that webinar live um, in front of 100 people it went out to, I don't know how many people it went out to, was terrifying and the, and the night before I said to my husband I don't I don't think I can do this I said like I'm, I was shaking I felt sick I wanted to vomit mm. it was like what if I say something stupid what if they realize that I'm not as good as whoever um, has come before me what if what if I actually don't know the answer what if I freeze what, what, what all of these what ifs but I showed up, I turned up, I opened my mouth and I learnt then and I had to learn the lesson a few more times over the years that I know what I'm talking about yeah. because as soon as I started talking about my genius zone, it just flowed and I got excited and, you know, my hands are going everywhere <laughs> and, I'm, you know, I'm really getting into it yeah. and it made me realise that part of what, I could do for other people was to help them with their confidence and you know I know this word gets bandied around empower them Mm -hmm. that they are a genius at what they do and you know when you introduced you introduced me and you said don't be the best kept secret Mm -hmm. is that far far too often we fall back into that comfort zone and we go I'm not going to do it because it scares me or I'm embarrassed or whatever and we miss out on so many opportunities I would have missed out on you know immediate gratification of five thousand dollars which got Mm -hmm. us through Christmas but I wouldn't I wouldn't have this 
lifestyle that we have now where, you know, we have great holidays and I work with amazing people and, yeah, sometimes things don't go right and I get a bit cranky pants like I did this morning. <laughs> but it, it's worth it. It, it and you've got to look at the delayed gratification of the things that you're doing that mm. it's not always a like I had a client message me this morning and said I've been working with her for about three months and there's you know stuff going on and I've been sending her all this content I've not been getting any response back and then she said well this isn't going to help grow our brand and I went but it is because brand building now is about making connections you know, engaging people, showing them that you're giving them stuff that's going to help them. It's not yeah. just about going, here's my book, buy it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Especially when no one knows who you are. It's like walking into a bar, sitting down and going, you know, hey, you're cute, let's go. <laughs> and like, you're going to go, like, I don't even know, you can buy me a drink first. Yes. How exactly. about you ask me my name? <laughs> and we're expecting modern marketing to be, here's my stuff, buy it. Yeah. Because I've put a Facebook page up. It's so much more than that. It doesn't work that way, exactly. Oh, my goodness. So by default, you ended up running your own business. I think so many of our listeners would be hearing you talk and thinking about the fact that what you said about the unconscious competence and, and not even at that point recognising how, how many skills and the level of expertise that you had that could really add value. And it really resonated with me. I've had lots of conversations with clients about um, – recognizing that you can go back to your real basic level of knowledge and share that with your clients and even that can blow them away but often as experts and and experts with lots of experience in our toolkit we kind of go at it at a completely different level and you've shown exactly how that can work by standing up on stage and realizing that everyone in that room wanted you know you assumed they had that that uh, knowledge and in fact they absolutely didn't and as someone that has had that kind of PR conversation in the past and put together a media release with somebody that I was working with I didn't know how to do it either so how awesome that this happened I'm really really pleased that you're here today and see, and also congratulations on six years because most businesses in Australia don't make it past five so you've just killed the stats already which I love celebrating that Yes, exactly. Fist pump. So let's talk about PR and your genius zone. First of all, can we just get really, really clear on what PR is and isn't? Can you give us a snapshot definition, your interpretation of what PR is? It's my simplest. PR, public relations, is about your relationship with your public. So Ooh. nowadays, it's 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 really is that simple, you know. Like yeah. you can go talk about it's about communication channels and it's about you know top tier down this bottom up, you know whatever it is that the 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 experts say that it is. But for me, it's about how do I build a relationship with my target audience <clears throat> that shows them I can do what I say I do, that I've done what I said I can do, and that I actually care about my relationship with them so how can I add benefit to them how can I build know like and trust in the marketplace so that I'm seen as a trustworthy credible authority in what I do PR is also about P is for perception public relations is about the perception that you create out in the marketplace and we do that now through content videos, podcasts, media releases, newspaper articles, radio interviews, social media content, and the R is for relationship, which no business can build and last if they're not constantly nurturing and engaging and connecting with their audience. Beautifully put, and we like to keep it simple as well. And the whole no, no like and trust factor should be something that, you know, as a business owner, should be like tattooed on our forehead. I think we need to be focusing on that. So you work in an industry that, as you said on your website, is a changing beast, right? When I first started my business just over twelve years ago, PR in my mind was all about getting into the newspaper or getting on TV. And wouldn't it be nice to do that as a business owner? And funnily enough, uh, on this very day, the um, uh, Facebook memory popped up into my newsfeed 
today of the first time I was featured in Mary Claire. And it was a really awesome moment of, yes, I've got my business in this magazine that I used to read all the time. So I was really thrilled about that. But, you know, the media landscape has really changed so much. If I think back to when that happened versus now, you know, there's significant developments. What developments have you seen and how have they impacted the way small businesses get media exposure now? Well, I think influencers have made incredible impact into the the marketing and PR space um, because now we're directly engaging with those people to do what we would have paid thousands and thousands of dollars for a space in a magazine or in a newspaper, whereas we're actually getting people to verbalise or promote through their channels more directly into, I mean, you're able to better refine your target audience when you go that approach. Um, and social media has been a significant player in PR because um, particularly the growth of Facebook groups because it's such a great place to go in and demonstrate your skill um, and offer supportive, informative and helpful content and be part of that community and get to be known. Yeah. Um, that people like I get recommended to people all the time and they they say oh someone in this group recommended you mm. and that's all I've been doing it's like well, what great PR is that like it costs me as my business coach would say that you've got to put a dollar figure to that Annette what time yeah. it takes you to do that but it doesn't cost me as much as what it would be if I wanted to take an ad out mm. so PR is constantly evolving. You know, there's so many articles now about how, and, I've, and I'd like to just say, for the record, I've been saying this for years, <laughs> is that PR is more than just media. You know, the experts are now saying, you know, you've got to couple your PR with social media. You've got to couple your PR with um, content marketing and with digital marketing. But it's really one and the same thing. Yeah. It's about getting your story out there across across multiple channels, whatever that is, for you, and appeals to your target audience um, so that people get to know who you are. And it's all about dropping breadcrumbs. So, you know, obviously not back to the Wicked Witch's hut and she's going to eat you, <laughs> but it drops breadcrumbs so that if someone Googles an indention and I pop up, as a contributor to this publication or I've been in this magazine or I've been on this podcast program and if you keep searching, you know, I think I take up 11 pages on Google and it's like <laughs> you're like going, yeah, I mean that's six years of work. It didn't happen overnight but my presence is there, my brand is there, um, you know, like I've, I've created a respectable authority presence using all channels, not just media. And yeah. I think if you're just looking at I'm going to write a media release and I'm going to, you know, people are going to pound down my door, okay, it happens, but it's not going to happen for everybody and you have to have that diversity in your messaging and the channels that you use. Yeah, I think that that's also the, the shift for me as a, a layman is back in the days, like 12, 13 years ago, I would have, I would be thinking about how can I get in that magazine or newspaper, but now it's a completely different game. And if you're not using all of those channels collectively, you're not thinking about the bigger picture and getting that brand out there across all mediums. Mm. Now, you touched on a really important point that I wanted to talk about um, in terms of Facebook group. Um, you, I came across you in a Facebook group. I'll talk about the post later on but I came across you in a Facebook group because you commented on a post that I put up and since then we've been become friends on Facebook and I see you know your posts come up in other groups and you use that channel brilliantly I think I genuinely love reading your posts but one thing I, do, I think you do really really well is the subtlety that you um, display in those posts. So do you have a particular strategy behind those? Because as I said in the intro, you do, you're great at sharing information. And whenever I read your posts, I feel like I take something away from it. But there's no pitch about come work with me, I'll do your PR. There's very rarely anything like that. In fact, I can't actually remember seeing anything like that. What's your strategy behind using Facebook groups in your business? 
Tell us your secrets in it. My secret, and, and look, and I use these secrets for my clients. Sometimes they don't get the subtlety of it. Actually, this the client I was talking about before, I actually said that to her. I said, what we're doing is subtle. We're not ramming down people's faces by, 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 by. We're giving them useful, helpful content that makes them feel warm and fuzzy when they think of us. So when they have that, you know, brain fart and go, I need to do this, the first person that pops into their head is you or me. So my strategy is really just around storytelling, just keeping it real, speaking in my voice, um, what can I offer that is going to be able to be usable to somebody who's in those Facebook groups because let's face it, we're all on different journeys Mm -hmm. and I write my content with a a few philosophies in mind. Number one, if you're just starting out, you can't afford to work with me. You know, like I've been in business six years. I've won lots of awards for what I do. Like I've I've spent 35 years honing my craft. Mm -hmm. I don't do cheap, low-cost services anymore. I can't afford it. I don't want to live that type of lifestyle. But I do appreciate the fact that as a startup, you need help. Mm-hmm. So how can I give you access to information that you can take those steps and start building your business? Yeah. Um, number two, that for the people who are action takers, so I always like to go, here's something that you can go and do yourself. Um, you're pretty smart. I reckon that you could go and give that a crack. And then number three is my target audience who are people who are busy, who are earning a decent income and look at what I've presented and go, you know what, I like her. I like her style. I like the way that she presents herself. I want to work with her. So it's kind of like a multi-prong attack. Where it's like, like I've fallen into your multi-prong attack. <laughs> here is done but uh, but I don't actually sit down there and and think and go well this is what I'm going to get out of this no because I'll see something that comes up and my strategy is you know like I'll see something that comes up and I'll write it down in my diary and I'll go okay what can I do that is going to do all of those three things but most importantly educate inform and guide people so like I was a startup like I didn't have a lot of money. I couldn't afford to work with, you know, some of the big names out there and it took me a long time to work out how to get it right and I wish that there had been more people sharing their content and um, making it accessible so that I could, because I'm an action taker, if you say, Annette, do this, then I'll go to the best of my ability until I don't have the skill set where I need to go and say, hey, I need your help. So, um, you know, I always say to, to my clients and to anybody who will listen, just be yourself. Just have in mind who your target audience is and how do you want to help them? Because, yeah. you know, and I think if we bring it right back to basics, the way that I operate is based on the law of reciprocity, that the more that you put out and you give, the more that you get back. Now, it may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen next week. It may not happen next month. But, you know, I've had people come to me, you know, 12 months down the track and say, I've been following you and I really like what you do. I'm now ready to work with you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. So then I just have to get to know them a little more. Well, you're playing the long game, right? It's not, it isn't a sprint. It is a marathon, small business. It doesn't tend to happen overnight. Um, I love that what you've just described is exactly what had happened between us because you commented on a post. I would have clicked onto your profile, then would have clicked through to your business pages, started following you, friended you on Facebook. Then your posts are coming up in my feed. I'm seeing them more and more. I'm following your page and I have it clicked so that I see your posts first. Would love to work with you, then reach out to you and say, hey, would you like to come on the podcast? And by the way, would you come and chat to my Shine clients? And because you are this generous giver that recognizes the long game, you're coming to run a masterclass for us. So all of these things have happened from you sharing some snippets of information that have been valuable that are 
far more subtle than a lot of people put out there. So I commend you on that because it's been a real, as someone who's fallen into your funnel, <laughs> it's been an actually, you know, an absolute pleasure to go through that. It's starting to sound very dodgy, so I'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, and, and, and I think too that um, we, we try and complicate it far too much. And, and yes. look, and I get, not everybody's a storyteller like me. I've spent my whole life reading and writing stories in one form or another. It's really easy for me to do, to yeah. sit there and go, oh, someone wrote something about, you know, using Facebook groups. How can I add to that? Blah, 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 blah. Type yeah. that down. And I'm really good at thinking on my feet. And I think that comes from working in journalism as well. And maybe also having a child with autism. I think that's helped. Um, but if if you're always looking for what you can get is that you, you're often going to find that you don't get it because people can sense that about you. Yeah. And look, but I'm not perfect, man. Oh, gosh, I stuff up, I'm pretty sure, more than I, I triumph. Oh, likewise. Do you know what? The other thing, though, to add to this is I think that you have got a lovely way of commenting on conversations um, which, what am I trying to say here, that you've got a lovely flow of getting your point across and not necessarily agreeing with the post, but, you know, almost empowering that person or giving them food for thought without getting the heckles up. Um, and, you know, and then there's a lot of power in that because, I, you know, I've been on the receiving end of posts in Facebook groups where people have just decided they don't agree with me. They're going to put their opinion across, which I, you know, encourage, but uh, in terms of building that know, like, and trust and having nice, robust conversations, there's an art to doing that really well. And you are clearly a born storyteller and a wordsmith because you do that beautifully. Mm. Oh, that, that's a great point, Faye, about um, giving your opinion on people's posts. Like I saw one last night on a group and the, the woman in question had said, I've seen this. I'm a little worried about how this is positioning women and their self-esteem and the responses were nasty and horrible. It's like, did you even read the post? And I checked in with her this morning to say, you okay? So it was actually not very nice. And this is what I think the problem is, is that all these platforms are amazing. I love them. Like I'm so grateful for the people who created them. I get to meet people like you and, and so many other people that I wouldn't have ordinarily have been able to meet. Yeah. But here's the problem is that we all think we're entitled to an opinion. Yes, we are. But sometimes we're not entitled to express that opinion, particularly if you've not stopped, and I can't remember the words exactly, but if you've not stopped to consider how is this going to impact the person that I'm responding back to, is it useful? Is it helpful? Is it something that I would say to my grandmother or to my children? And yeah. quite often people don't do that. They just go, we live in the age of outrage. Yeah. We just go, oh, I disagree with that. I would really love to have an anti-Facebook response page because mm. I curb sometimes the things that I say because I see people like last night and I just want to go, right, we yeah. don't treat people like that. But it's not worth it because... Those people think that they're right. You well, the, key, the keyboard warriors, warriors, isn't it? But I think yeah. also, you know, more on the topic of what we're talking about, from a branding point of view, people need to be more mindful of what they're putting out there because they might, you know, very passionately disagree and feel that they have a right to get that steam coming off the keyboard and get their point across. But they can really damage their their branding from being, you know, for want of a nice word, really bitchy or, who, you know, all of those scenarios yeah. come out because I know that I have had responses where I've I've looked and, and then checked out that person's business page and thought, wow, like I would have loved to have followed you or I'd be really interested in your opinion if you'd have expressed that in a slightly nicer way. But given what you wrote, I'm not really wanting a bar of you. And it's just, you know, three or four lines that can completely change someone's perception of you. This is a, we're getting into oh, a Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I look. I'm a really sarcastic. Uh, oh, I like me as well. I love it. <laughs> quick, quick-witted human being. Um, you know, just ask my family, and I can be really cutting and scathing with my responses. Like if you've annoyed me in person, and then I will. My, my Lauren says to me, "You've got a really good way of telling people to nick off." 
<laughs> and they don't even realise that you've done it. That's a real skill. But I will think before I respond and I urge people to do that because you can do a lot of damage, like you said, yeah. um, just by thinking I just need to put this person in their place. We're all human beings doing the best that we can. I really don't believe that most people are out there to shame anyone or to troll anyone or to bully anyone. They're just giving their opinion and you don't necessarily have to respond. Exactly. And good on you for reaching out to that person. I did the same with another lady recently who was in floods of tears over a horrible um, series of comments on a post. Uh, And, you know, people get really hurt. So I love that you just reached out to her and checked in and not just on that thread. So, all right, moving on, let's talk about mistakes, PR mistakes. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see small business owners make when it comes to trying to get noticed and get in the media and be seen on all these different platforms? I think the biggest mistake that people make is not spending enough time working out who they want to talk to. Yes. So, you know, it's you could go get your story in, in a newspaper. So many years ago I worked with this beautiful one, had this beautiful product aimed at parents with toddlers and, you know, she worked really hard, you know, I was guiding her to do her own. She put a lot of effort into getting on TV, which mm-hmm. is cool. It's great for the ego. And she got on the news And I checked in with her and I said, how did that go? And she said, I've had three phone calls. And I went, will you tell me what parents with toddlers are doing at 6 o'clock at night? Mm. And she went, oh, you did say that. And I went, yeah, your target audience isn't watching that time. So if you don't understand who your target audience is, you don't understand your key messages, what is it that you really want people to know about what you do? And I know that's not sexy. And people just want to write a media release, do that one off, get it out there, and it's like, yeah, man, I'm famous. But it doesn't always work that way. So you've got to spend the time doing that. The next thing is is not making sure that their platforms represent their brand so their website isn't able to cope with media attention so that it crashes or that they, they send out a media release and then go into a meeting the next day and and totally miss the phone call from the journalists. So just making sure that you plan around if I'm sending out this message that I'm available, that they can easily find other information about me, that my website's up to date, my Facebook bio's up to date or whatever other social platform that you're on. And the biggest mistake is having saying this, unrealistic expectations, Mm -hmm. expecting that media is going to be your magic bullet, that if you're in the paper, then all of a sudden you're going to be sold out of your product or your service and that everybody's going to know you. The news cycle is so fast, you know, with literally 24-7, every 30 minutes the news is updating. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing all of those other channels, all of those other platforms, you're blogging, you're doing videos, social media, article contributions, then your message is really going to disappear into the ether um, because you don't know how to leverage what it is that you're doing. That's really important. Oh, golden nuggets there. When you started off with the one that I get all ranty pants about, and I think we're on episode 47 now, the podcast, and I think niching and target market have come up in every one. And it's all smart women in business who have been successful, who are successful that I've interviewed. And everyone says, you know, the biggest mistake is not nailing your niche, not being clear on your target market. I love that example of, you know, being really happy that you got on TV, but then you didn't think about your target market. So no one saw you anyway. What's the point. Um, and if you're not nailing your niche, you're, all of your marketing will fall by the wayside. It's such a waste of time and effort. So really three awesome golden nuggets there. Thank you very much. All right. So let's talk about top tips then. What are the, some of the top tips you can share to help our listeners start getting the, the media attention that they'd love? Okay. Well, now your target audience. Yeah, it's the reverse, isn't I'm it? Just, just gonna just gonna <laughs> double up on that one. Oh, that was easy. Um, but yeah, by by nailing your target audience, then you can hone your media contact list so that you're not trying to 
you know, do a scattergun approach where it's like I'm just going to go <laughs> and put my message out there and, and, and hope this is not a strategy, this one, and hope mm. that someone picks it up is that if you understand your target audience, you know that you need to be talking to, okay, you, you're an example. Your target audience is small business owners. Yeah. Um, let's say you work in marketing and you really want to be able to, how many marketers are out there? How do you stand out? So by understanding that your target audience is small business operators, typically women aged, you know, 37 to 55, and they are constantly feeding into personal development, um, you know, reading small business publications because they want to learn everything that they can. You can then go, all right then. So maybe my target audience is then things like Business Women Media, Koshi's Business Builders, Inside Small Business, um, Smart Company. Maybe I can contribute to publications like Smallville and Flying Solo. That's where my target audience is. So the content that I write is on point, deliberately um, helpful to that target audience and you're pitching it out to those right ones. Maybe even Sydney Morning Herald Small Business section. Yeah. Um, the next thing is learn how to leverage. So awesome, you're on the news. Okay, maybe your target audience didn't watch. But if you know who your target audience is, then you might be in Facebook groups where your target audience hangs out. So you can take that link for the story, put it into whatever group that is with a really nice post about, hey, I was really nervous about this. This is my first time on TV. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is really exciting. I've been working really hard on my marketing and PR and I've had a great win. Um, you know, you are promoting your business, but you're also telling that story of why this is significant and important to you. So work out, again, knowing where your target audience is so that you can leverage that media win and go and share it around. Put it in your newsletters, you know, share it on your website, get the media logo, hyperlink it back. I um, mean, you know, you want those backlinks, um, you know, share it on LinkedIn, write an article about the process of, of doing your own PR, whatever it is that you did. Um, and my third tip is to learn how to repurpose your content. I was just about to say on number two, it's like the repurposing is king, right? Repurposing is king, absolutely. So if you've written, a, let's say you've written a media release and no one picks it up because you know what? that's going to happen. It's probably going to happen more than it get, gets picked up. So learn how to use tools like Lumen5 and Canva and Facebook Lives and podcasts and, and webinars and all of those type of things where you can take that one piece of content that you've created and turn it into, you know, you can turn one media release or one blog into anywhere up to, you know, 15, 20 pieces of content that you can then schedule out and get in front of your target audience. There's just so many ways to do it. I say to people, if you only ever write four blogs a month, then you can turn it into so you've got enough social media content for anywhere up to two months just from those four pieces of content. Exactly. I just love repurposing. It's just, it's very dear to my heart because you know, I'm all about productivity, spending our time smartly. And I, when I finally realized that how powerful repurposing could be, because I was just churning out so much flipping content all of the time and sitting down, looking at a blank screen, thinking, what am I going to write about today? Oh my God, I've run out of stuff. You know, like for me, one blog post is my email out. It's my podcast. It's God knows how many social media posts. It's a Facebook Live. It's a, the list just goes on. We don't need to be creating oodles of stuff all the time. So I love that you brought that up. One media release is so much more than just that one piece of paper it's on. So if we go back to how's that going to help people get media attention mm. you know let's go back to the breadcrumbs that I was talking about so say you send a media release out to the Sydney Morning Herald and you want them to do a story on your business you know you may have won an award or you may have launched a new product you know whatever that is the journalist is probably going to google you and they're going to check out how you're positioned in the marketplace the more stuff that you have out there you know bolstering your authority 
the more inclined they are to go, you know what, actually we need to speak to this person because for them as well, they also want to get eyes over their story. So working with people who've got a little bit of a presence is certainly attractive. Love it. Now, I'm sure that our listeners, there's going to be many of you, including myself, are listening to this and thinking, I would like my business to be in the spotlight more. Uh, I've got great news because I did get um, Annette's arm, crank it behind her back. And as I mentioned earlier, she's <laughs> she's agreed. If you're watching the video, you'll be laughing at Annette now. Uh, she's agreed to run this month's Shine Masterclass. Um, and she's going to be taking us through how to be a media magnet, which I'm super stoked about. So on the on live live, uh, sorry, online live masterclass, which you can access at any time because you can also get your hands on the recording. You're going to discover the foundations needed to position you as the go-to person in your industry and niche, the importance of understanding your ideal audience so you know uh, the right media to hit up, how to mine your business for oodles of story ideas and not have to face that uh, you know, blank page syndrome that I was just talking about, where to find media contacts to connect with, really important, and why PR is more than just pitching a media release and how understanding that can help you look like you are everywhere. You're going to be packing a punch in that session, aren't you? Oh, I talk really fast. <laughs> I can't wait. So, listeners, if you would like to join us for the masterclass or listen to the recording, it doesn't matter when you're listening to this podcast, just head over to the show notes, which at busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast uh, 47, sorry, forward slash podcast 47. Click on the link to Shine and we look forward to inviting you into our fabulous Shine tribe. Okay, now I want to talk to you, Annette, about awards because for those of you, for those of our listeners watching the video, there are a couple of really nice awards behind you right now, aren't there? They're pretty, hey, aren't they? Tell us this, about those briefly before I ask my next question. Oh, my gosh. This one is like I use it when I want to do some workout. I'm <laughs> sure it weighs about five kilos. So this is one that Lauren and I won last year. Um, we do a lot of work with the Stevie Awards. So they've got um, a number of awards programs across the world. And our favourite one is the um, Women in Business Awards because, you know, the more we can encourage women to pat themselves on the back and and use it to build their authority. So we helped quite a number of women last year write and enter into those. And um, because of that, we get acknowledged from the Stevies by saying, you know, hey, thank you for making that happen for all of those women. So this is called the Grand Stevie Award. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's made by the same company that do the Oscars. So oh, it's I feel very like Oscar-esque, it. isn't it? it? It is. It looks very it heavy and, and posh and I like it. And this one isn't actually mine. This is um, for Selena Tomasich, who is the founder of Hair Aid. I just represented her at the Osmopreneur Awards and she got a silver um, and I'm looking after it for her. So, <laughs> And uh, the just in inverted commas there, I'm sure you did a lot to help her with that. You're downplaying yourself. Uh, well, let's I, talk I about did that. a lot. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I have no doubt. Now, as I've mentioned, I first came across you when you commented on a post that I put up in a Facebook group last year. And I was talking about the power of business awards because I'd just come back from coming, uh, coming as a runner-up in a business award. And I was talking about how sceptical I had been up until that point. Obviously, not sceptical anymore because I was runner-up. But actually, all jokes aside, I was talking about how, you know, I feel like some awards have real kudos and others are more of a, um, you know, how many people can you get to vote for you and depending on the size of your business and volume of your business determines whether you're going to win or not really. Uh, you're a guru in this space because you've helped heaps of business owners put together awesome award applications. So I'd love to know, do you think that business awards are something that business, sorry, do you think business owners should put themselves forward for awards and for all types of awards or do you think that some are significantly more valuable than others? I think it always comes back to your objective. So what is it that you want to achieve within your business? Uh, what will get your target audience off? What will make them excited? And then weave that into your strategy. So, you know, marketing and PR, it's like I said, this isn't a strategy. It's about looking at what do you need to do over the next few months to reach that goal of whatever that is for you. But I do think that our awards should play a significant part in most businesses because 
it's just another feather in your cap. It's another way to get PR for um, your achievements and it helps build your credibility and your authority. If you think about, you know, I was watching an interview with uh, a speech by Reese Witherspoon this morning and she was saying that I think it was Gone Girl that um, her her business produced, um, got nominated for three Oscar nominations, nominated. They didn't win and the audience went crazy. Right. You know, you think about when you go and pick a wine or, or pick a movie is that quite often if you're faced with a choice, you will go with the choice that has won something or been nominated because yep. the perception in your head is that they must be better. And let's face it, PR and marketing is all about manipulation. You know, when manipulating our target audience to believe a certain thing about us, of course, it has to be done authentically. And, you know, there's not smoke and mirrors. There's got to be some genuine substance behind that. So yes. awards can help add to that perception that you're good at what you do. Of course, you've got to be good at what you do because judges are going to read your entry and go, this person's a joke. What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to have across that a range of different awards. You know, if you're working closely with customers, a customer service award is a really good thing. If you're really tight within your local community, then entering your local chamber awards or local council awards will also help elevate your profile in that area. You know, if you're looking to expand your business beyond your geographic area and go national or international, then you'd be looking at awards that will help you achieve and do that. But not just, for me, awards is not just about the accolades that you can win. Of course, that's really nice. Having, you know, trophies is is wonderful. Um, But it's also about the process of going through the entry. I mean, you would have found that, Faye, that, you know, as you're answering the questions, you're thinking about where you're at and what it is that you're doing and what you've accomplished and, yeah. you know, particularly as women in business is that we quite often go and do what we do without stopping to go, you know what, hang on, I had a win this week, that's pretty cool, I'm going to celebrate yeah. that. We just go, okay, I've done that next, done that next. Yeah. Winning an award or entering an award is about stopping, acknowledging and owning where you're at in business because we don't do that enough. Yeah, and I remember you, I think that's maybe actually what you commented on when I, I talked about awards on in Facebook and I did have exactly that experience and it's a little bit like when we did the introduction for you today on the podcast and hearing that back and going, oh, I've done some good stuff. It was for me filling in that massive application process uh, which gave me the biggest headache. So to have someone like you to help me do that would be amazing um, and going, wow, I've actually achieved some good stuff over the last few years and I'd sort of lost sight of that even though I think I'm someone that you know, I'm always encouraging my clients, what are your wins? What are your wins? Let's keep track of those. But it is easy to just keep going through the busyness of every week and month and actually lose sight of the good stuff you're doing. So I did genuinely find that the process, even without getting anything further, was really valuable. And then being a runner-up, uh, I don't know that it really made that much difference whether I won or I was runner-up. The leverage that I got from that uh, event, the photos, the I suppose a little bit of prestige from doing that, I don't know that it would have been any different if I'd have won. It was a really positive experience. So I am I'm completely converted and I was very sceptical before I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. And it, it's interesting, isn't it, because I, I think until I went into business for myself, I had been writing awards for, you know, the the executives and the organisations that I worked for, you know, working comms, that's one of your jobs. Hmm. So when I went into business myself, I think I'd been in business maybe six months and the, and I came across the Ausmumpreneur Awards and hmm. I'd been, you know, kind of banging my head. It's like, how am I going to get my name out there? Like I've got no money. I can't. I don't understand Facebook advertising. It was only relatively new. I, I really don't know anybody. What, how am I going to build some buzz around what I do? So I entered the Ausmumpreneur Awards. I've been in business six months. Now, I didn't even make it to the finals, but I teamed up with this other lady who lived in the same 
geographical area as me and we sent a media release to the local paper and we had this beautiful story with a big picture of us together talking about why we'd entered and what our hopes and dreams were and and I still use that today as a a, a bit of leverage about here's what awards can do for you so then I went in 2015 so I'd been in business three years I went oh, my God, I'm going to enter the Stevie Awards, which is an international award, and I'd read about it and I'd entered other people into it, and it's like, oh, my God, like what if, they find, what if they find out I'm a total loser? <laughs> and I made the finals and I got a bronze. Well and, done. And I was like, oh, my God, like seriously? Do they know who I am? Like I'm a complete and utter loser. But going through that process, I'd been able to go, in two years, I've actually done more than I thought. So I was a sceptic too. Now it's like, come on, people, let's get it out there. (laughs) And where are you off to in four days? Oh, just going to the city that doesn't sleep. I probably (laughs) won't get any sleep either. So Lauren, Clement and I, under the Audacious Agency, we're heading to New York with, uh, I think we've got nine women from across Australia who that we wrote awards um, for them and got them, well, their achievements kind of helped. But, (laughs) you know, in partnership, um, they're all finalists. And I think we've managed to pull together three tables of Australians who will be seated at the Stevie Women in Business Awards on November 16, um, waiting to see what colour... medal or trophy that we will win so it's that is so exciting exciting. yeah good on you and the cool look how far you've come yeah and the cool the cool thing is sorry I have to say this I interrupted you but the cool thing is is that I would say at least three quarters of those women who entered the Stevie Awards all started their conversations with Lauren or I in these words, maybe not verbatim, I really don't think I've done enough, but I'd like to have a go. And then through the process of writing their award, you know, we we interview them, we extract that information out and we send the draft back to them and getting that feedback and going, oh, my God, are you sure that's me? And it's (laughs) like, yeah, baby, it's you. Such a good uh, morale boost to read something back written by a professional that's completely true, but there's just something very powerful when somebody writes it back to you, I think. I'm having a couple of my web pages uh, rehashed with an awesome copywriter at the moment and just the little blurb that she's written about me on the page, I'm like, oh, that sounds all right. So much better than I would have written about myself. So I can imagine the power in having an awards application written by someone like yourself. Very, very cool. All right. Now, in the interest of time and productivity, we're going to have to wrap things up in a moment, but I did want to tap on into your productivity because that's, you know, I love talking about all things time and getting the most out of the time that we've got. I reckon you live a full life. Um, you, you know, we both run businesses. I have a young child that's recently been diagnosed with autism. So I do understand that juggle and, uh, you know, what you learn from that experience as well. You, you touched on that earlier. So I'd love to know what strategies you use to manage your time well, be as productive as you are, run a successful business, juggle your family life as well. Are there any, you know, uh, hacks, strategies, tips, apps, anything that work really well for you? So the first thing is I learned many years ago to set boundaries up around my time. So in for, for my own self-preservation, I don't answer emails in an e- on a, of an evening or on a weekend mm-hmm. unless, of course, it's a media emergency. I found that's really good for my productivity because I found that I was I was tired and I was resenting people because it's like, you know, really, I've got to answer now. So I I thought that was probably the most lesson, valuable lesson I've learned around productivity um, and mindset. I use this really cool little book that um, Lauren created, which is the most audacious Mm. marketing action planner. And in it is, you know, ways to plan your content, 
and what your weekly actions are. Oh, that's so cool. I, I'm a big one for to-do lists. So this is my to-do list for this week before I go to New York. So I write busy. them down. Yeah, it is busy. It's like <laughs> some of them I can move to when I get back. But, you know, I categorise them into what are the awards I need to do, what plans do I need to write, what media releases do I need to write, and that keeps me on track. And every afternoon I look at it and I go, yeah, there's something really um, rewarding about going, yep, did that one, yep, did that one. I get a big boost of dopamine to my head and go, I'm pretty cool. I love that. Um, I use um, I use Outlook and I try to use it to its um, fullest ability. I create rules so that um, things go into the right inboxes so I can look at a glance and go, I know that I've got messages there from clients I need. Anything in my inbox is just guff. I don't need to respond to that. Yeah. Um, and I try not to check my emails too often during the day because it interferes with productivity mm. um yeah and I use Monday um similar to Asana and okay, Trello yeah. so Monday I found works really well great for color coordination I love the way that it it, it is laid out and it helps me to manage my workload um, because I'm in partnership with Lauren what we're both doing yeah. and we've got um, contractors that we bring in to help us so it also helps us keep track of communications and what they're doing um, so we're not constantly going well, where are we up to what are we doing um, yep. and you know things like Dropbox and OneDrive and those type of things are really handy to keep files organized yeah, that's great. I love that you've got some simple things there. Like it's not an overcomplicated productivity system, right? There's some simple tools that most people have access to already have that you're just using really, really well. And the most important one I reckon that you said was the boundaries um, and something that I'm certainly trying to put more into practice now as well. So thank you for the nice reminder on that that's one. That's all right. And it costs nothing. Yes, that exactly. One, that one's free. <laughs> I love that one. All right. Now, before we let you go, I always like to ask our guests if there's a quote or mantra or some nice words that have, have really inspired you in your business or maybe, you know, that maybe like keep you moving forward or kick your butt when you need it that um, you'd like to share with us. I think this one reminds me why I'm doing what I do. And it's people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So if I'm too busy getting caught up in myself and my ego and, you know, like all of the things that go on in my head, I will remind myself of that and go, okay, why am I doing this? Yeah, okay, I want to make money, but I also want to be of service and I want to help people. Um, and another one which is there's no such thing as perfect. So oh, yeah. if I'm <laughs> if I'm beating myself up, then it's kind of like, you know what, Annette, you're a human being, let it go because there's no such thing as perfect. And it's it's kind of settling to be able to go, okay, I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be the best that I can be. Sometimes oh, that's really that's sometimes that's on a, a really good day and sometimes the best I can be is <laughs> cranky pants. <laughs> I wouldn't have said for a minute you were cranky pants today. I love that. So it's really the care factor. And then, look, I'm a reformed perfectionist. I was having a conversation with my daughter again today about that perfect doesn't exist. So I love that you brought that up. I think sometimes we're so hard on ourselves and we're so striving to do the best we can that it goes above and, you know, it goes beyond um, healthy and it's good to just have a reminder of that. Uh, Annette, thank you so much for joining us. I want to share your details with everyone before we go. So listeners, if you'd like to get in contact with Annette, follow the fabulous work that she's doing and see the way that she does it so brilliantly. All of her details are conveniently located in the show notes. So just go to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 47 and it is all there. Or you can go to Annette's uh, sites, which are annettedensham.com. Uh, Facebook, she's the Audacious Publicity Genie Agency and Instagram is Annette Densham. Uh, now you do have a freebie that I wanted to make sure our listeners heard about. You offer a free PR session, don't you? Do you want to just tell us a quick bit about that? I do indeed. So it's 60 minutes. Wow. So it's like a, a, a consultation. Um, you know, you've got to fill in a form, you know, that, that's Good. another one of my productivity things. And if you don't fill it in, you don't have the meeting because then we spend too much time catching up, but yeah. it's really just to 
get a, an idea of where you're at with your PR and your marketing and where maybe you need to go for your next step um, and some of the things that you can do yourself and some of the things that you may need help with. So it's it's really just like an enlightening session. Um, even sometimes just the process of filling in the form, you go, okay, I probably need to do a little bit more or, hey, I'm actually doing enough. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to offer that at 60 minutes. Um, I think you've got the link that they can book yes. online and if I was very organised, the, the form is attached to that and it just comes straight into my Outlook and I and then we just have a great old chat. Sounds awesome. I totally want that session myself. So you can just go to annettedensham.com forward slash book dash or hyphen online, but that link will also be in the show notes. So you can just go and get everything really easily there. A very big thank you to you, Annette, for joining us today and for me taking heaps of your time. I've just loved chatting to you. I I swear these sessions are self-serving every single time. Thank you so much. Is there anything you want to share with our listeners before you go? Uh, just remember that there's no room for modesty in business, that if you're not putting yourself out there, even if it feels uncomfortable and awkward and icky, is that you're actually doing yourself a disservice, that if you want people to buy your stuff, they've got to know who you are and they've got to like you, they've got to know you and they've got to trust you and the only person who can do that is you. Ta-da! Boom! Toot your own horn, I say. Get Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you can't, go and speak to Annette and she will do it for you very brilliantly. Annette, thank you so much. Uh, listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode, I would love you to leave Annette and I a lovely review on iTunes, pretty please. And if you'd like to hang out some more, I'd love to see you over on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Busy Business Women and you can find lots of biz building goodness over on the website at busybusinesswomen.biz. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. I will be back next week with more inspiration to help you build a business that booms. But until then, I'm Faye Hollands and you've been listening to Annette Densham from the Audacious Agency on the Busy Business Women podcast. Bye-bye.